Hey guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project Podcast. And this is another episode in that series of unscripted kind of rambling things, except today, instead of uh, reading off of notes or script, I am going to, I'm going to be presenting you with the honor, you might not think you deserve this, but I think you do, of listening to me study. Most people do it quietly. I don't, although that's really like a new thing. Yesterday was supposed to be my last day of training at the restaurant, but I was so blanking on um, all the things, all the ingredients and all of the dishes, all the categories of alcohol that are gonna be on the final exam that my manager was like, why don't you, why don't you come in tomorrow? <laughs> like, take another day to study. And what was, what was so mortifying is like, I've been doggedly, obsessively studying this material for like four days, and then, when she was like, you know, quizzing me off the top of her head, hey, what's in this dish? What's in that cocktail? I literally could not recall a single ingredient of any one, or I would just get them wrong. So if she said, what's in this, uh, you know, the cheese steak, what, what kind of cheese is on it? I would mention the cheese that's on the burger. And when asked about the burger, I'd mention the cheese that's in the grilled cheese. And there's, a, there's also a cheese dip with four cheeses in it. And when I'm quizzed on which of the four cheeses are in it, I do at least mention four cheeses that are in the kitchen. None of them, however, are in the four cheese dip. I I was having flashbacks to this experience in seventh grade, in civics class with a teacher named Mr. Staley. And everybody hated Mr. Staley, and for some reason, that kind of, it it, it bestowed a sort of prestige on the act of failing his tests, which I was very good at doing. For some reason, if I got an F, on a civics test and my parents found out and they were like, why'd you get an F in that class? I would say in my defense, oh, that's Mr. Staley's class. Everyone hates him. As if that was some kind of viable excuse. And I, you know, obviously he must be a terrible teacher if everyone hates him. Hence, it's not my fault that I fell asleep or didn't study. Well, one time I I achieved such a succession of failures. Mr. Staley called my parents and I got a very stern talking to. And so I very, very devoutly studied. For the next civics test in Mr. Staley's class, I studied for several days, for several hours of those days, and then I failed the test. And I failed the test so badly that nobody believed me that I had studied for a minute. But still, I had failed it so spectacularly that they all just thought I was doing a performance, that I was daydreaming or I was secretly reading something else. And I that has always stayed with me. And and the way that I started like articulating it to myself at the time was that I am they I am so incredibly fucking stupid. They just can't register it. Like they can't even believe that a human being can be as stupid as I obviously am. And I'm saying it now, like it sounds like a pity party and it sounds kind of really dramatic. It sounds like the kind of very dramatic thing that, you know, a self-pitying seventh grader would say, and it is still the mode in which I think about that experience, and it still conjures up those feelings. And what, what I experienced yesterday at the restaurant when I was being quizzed 
offhand by this manager. This manager who knows I'm doing the modules online because she is notified whenever I complete one. This manager who sees me being trained, who sees me tending to guests and basically figuring out how the restaurant works. She is really going out of her way to help me. And I saw on her face this look of dejection and failure, like, oh my god, this kid, this dude, not kid, I have a beard now. What I experienced in seventh grade in Mr. Staley's class, that was like, you know, oh my god, this kid is so stupid. And it was like with contempt. You know, th they thought, oh, this kid is bright and he's just not applying himself. The truth of the matter is like, I, the one thing I will own is I have a, a big vocabulary. I'm good with words. What I'm not good with is anything else. I cannot assemble a chair. I don't know how to talk to, to authority. I don't know how to cook. Even if I can do it, because that's what everyone says whenever you say of yourself, oh, I can't do that. They kind of like get in your face and they're like, yeah, you can. Just put your fucking mind to it. So the thing is, I've been studying for so many days and um, my way of doing it is just to write shit down over and over. I'm the kind of person for whom that is generally a thing that works. I think it only works to write things down if it's a concept. If I'm sort of working my way through ideas, thinking my way through a narrative. But when it comes to just the lists, like I can't just write down a list and memorize it. I have to sort of attribute some kind of narrative to it or some kind of broader conceptual thing. Which is why it's kind of easy to sell, a st to upsell a steak. To somebody, I think, because you can just talk about like, oh, are you tired? Are you hungry? Have you had a bad week? You deserve something robust. That the cow's already dead. I like. I know how to argue. I think converse my way into selling this thing. But there's a corporate requirement that we also learn the specs and all the details of the things that we're trying to sell. That brings to mind, I forget where I heard this, the idea was Harley Davidson started selling way more motorcycles when they realized they weren't selling motorcycles, they were selling the idea of being a badass to like middle-aged white accountants. They were selling not bikes, but the fantasy of being Marlon Brando. Anyways, now that we've got uh, music playing, one of the things on the study guide, it's saying, how would you describe happy hour to a guest? And what I'm supposed to say is that happy hour is Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., $2 off of beer, wine, spirits, and cocktails, which makes me realize I don't think I've ever ordered a liqueur for myself. One time when I was like 22, I was sitting at an alehouse and this dude was getting snifter after snifter of like a, a deep orange-ish, drink and I was like what are you drinking and he just ordered me one he looked like a moneyed kind of guy and we talked uh, I just mentioned the Harley Davidson thing I we talked about he had just witnessed some horrific motorcycle accident a few days ago and it, it had killed someone and he wasn't there drinking out of despair like trying to purge his mind of the image but I do I just remember he bought me it was a glass of Grand Marnier and I drank that with him and uh, he told me about this horrible crash that he had seen. He seemed kind of amused by it, but I, I think he was a little, a little in a dark place having just seen that. So yeah, our happy hour is Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. You get $2 off all alcohol. If it's a nine ounce pour of wine, and that's the two pours, six ounce and nine ounce. If, if it's a nine ounce pour of wine, you get $3 off. Um, yeah, and $4 off of the half yard. And uh, I will let you guess what restaurant I am uh, trying to work at. Select the sauces that come with the sweet that come with the sweet potato fries. And uh, it says sesame oil, soy vinaigrette, ranch, sweet soy, but the actual answer is maple syrup. Um, 
So, that's... This is, just to give you an idea of why I'm almost certainly gonna fail this. What is the guac and chips topped with? So it's like a bowl, it's a bowl of uh, chips with a fucking scoop of guac, guac on it, and it's very good, but, and in order to make it interesting and Instagrammable, uh, it is, the guac and chips are topped with red onion, cilantro, serranos, and lime. And I've had it, and it is very good, and I don't know, like from the perspective of having to study these ingredients, I'm like, how many of this, how much of this shit actually influences the taste of the guacamole? Because it's all so subtle. It's dashed onto the guacamole in such a fleeting way. It's, I, you know, probably I'm tasting what's so great about it and what is so distinct, but I don't have a sophisticated palate. Basically anything that doesn't taste like a chicken quesadilla doesn't taste like anything to me. I have a really stunted palate. And I wonder if when I get older, if I'm really gonna lament that. My dad turned red the other day laughing when I told him of uh, one of Rodney Dangerfield's old lines. I, I think he had just turned like 75. He was talking about how food has completely replaced sex in his life and, and so much so that he recently had a, a full-length mirror installed over his dinner table. So I wonder if maybe when I get older I'll cultivate the sort of palate that can sip a wine and be like, oh leaves because that's another fucking thing i have to learn in this study guide is like the notes that are evoked in a merlot um dude i not so i keep fucking delaying procrastinating digressing but that's i feel like this is how i have to study is digress i know it's valuable to know some things about these wines but if ever if a guest is ever like hey what's what notes are evoked in your screw cap merlot i would laugh i would not answer that question seriously i wouldn't even attempt and if he said could you ask the manager i would say no <laughs> you can google it if you're really that concerned about what this 11 dollar bottle of wine smells like it, it smells like cvs anyways the wisconsin fried cheese curds come with horseradish aioli and honey hot sauce and another difficult thing about learning the menu at this restaurant is there's like a dozen different aiolis and i didn't know what an aioli was until that's another thing that fucks up my studying of this, of this or anything else. The word aioli will be thrown around a million times, and it, it'll be thrown around so often, I it doesn't even occur to me that I don't know what it is. But I, I was studying with my girlfriend last night, and she was like, what is an aioli? And I was like, I don't know. I don't even know that. Oh my god. So she looked it up. It's basically mayonnaise. It's uh, mayonnaise and garlic, and then a flavor. So there is a dish called firecracker shrimp, which is, um spicy it is it, it, the sauces on the firecracker shrimp are sweet chili sriracha and sweet soy ginger sweet soy ginger is in ever is in the dishes that like i can't even remember their names i don't know what there's something about that phrase sweet soy ginger that just fucking cuts something out of my mind cuts it cuts whatever the dish to which it pertains it cuts that from my mind incidentally there was a training day where like they brought out good thing about training at a restaurant is you eat a lot like they keep bringing you the foods and they brought out all the seafood dishes and they were like all right so give it a shot and i was like i don't eat seafood and uh part of the reason i don't eat seafood is because the smell frankly just the smell um also but something what i tell people this is not entirely true is that i've just known a few people in my life who have had that weird thing i frankly i know two people to whom this has happened where they eat shellfish their entire lives like enthusiastically and on a regular basis and then spontaneously in their 60s or their 70s they eat uh, a fucking clam or something and they go into anaphylactic shock like they just spontaneously develop this life-threatening allergy to to shellfish you never know when it's going to happen and if you, it happens when you're alone you fucking just die so conceivably i could 
just, I could venge, I could experiment, I could start eating shellfish and just make a pledge that I will only ever eat it in public and, and ideally during business hours, so a paramedic is likely to arrive, but I'd rather just not take the risk. So what comes with the onion ring tower is chipotle ranch dressing. The fried calamari, I know, comes with spicy tomato, I'm not even looking at the menu. Jalapeno tartare and spicy tomato. Fried calamari is jalapeno tartare and spicy tomato. I'm gonna tell you again. Fried calamari is spicy tomato sauce and uh, jalapeno tartare. Third time. I said that three times in a row. The third time I had to look at the menu to see what the fucking word was. I'm gonna fail. The pokey nachos come with what sauces? Sweet soy ginger and sriracha aioli. This is the worst one. I said everything with sweet soy ginger jumps out of my head. This is the most sold dish at the restaurant. And because of that, because of th that was told to me emphatically with like real gravity and the voice of whoever was training me, hence indicating it's a big part of the test. Dude, I just had to look at the study guide to even tell you the name of the dish. Everyone has emphasized to me this is the most important dish in the restaurant. Can't even remember what it's called. Pokey nachos, pokey nachos. The pokey nachos have sriracha oil, creamy, creamy truffle, sauce and uh, sweet soy ginger fucking and it's raw ahi and uh, crushed avocado and onions and uh, some other shit we'll get there do we offer vegan alternatives for the wings no what are the sauces on the firecracker shrimp they are apparently sweet soy ginger and sweet chili Sriracha. And you have to say sweet chili sriracha or sriracha aioli, and you cannot say sriracha. There's three sriracha things, and you have to say the right one. That's part of why this is so goddamn complicated. Here are the four cheeses in the four cheese spinach dip. Feta, Parmesan, cream cheese, and jack. Not to be confused with pepper jack. The pepper jack is on the pepper jack bur no, the pe no, pepper jack cheese, I think, is actually not on the pepper jack burger. Um, if you just happen to have another orifice in your brain for this menu to fuck it. Can the calamari be served without tentacles? It cannot. Um, it's a fucking point of pride. What two things do you need to clarify when a guest orders the spicy tuna tartare? You have to clarify first that they can leave. Just kidding. You have to confirm that it, ha it has no rice and it has a cake-like presentation. Mystifies me, partly because I don't eat seafood, but also if, if I was like, hey, that um, I wanna order that slimy sea urchin you have, how is it presented? And the person said, uh, if the server was like, oh, it's presented kind of like cake, I just cannot imagine how that would fucking do a good thing to my appetite. When guests order a dish that comes with rice, you would offer them the choices between brown rice, jasmine rice, or spicy rice. I was just thinking about that with respect to the spicy um, margarita. I was reading about the spicy margarita and making notes about it, and um, I've never had that. I like spicy food somewhat. It's just interesting to me, though, that some mixologist somewhere once upon a time was like, I, you know, it would make this margarita better if it if it hurt a little bit is miguel's queso dip um served with warm flour tortillas and chips yeah it is dude and then there's this fucking thing i didn't end up getting it straightened out and i'm not sure how to straighten it out but okay being able to identify the different temperatures of a cut of meat so rare is that yeah i think that's cold red center and then medium rare is a cool pink center and then medium is a 
warm red center or no rare it no rare is a cool red center medium rare is a warm red center and then medium is a cool pink center medium well is a warm pink pink center and then well done is uh the the depths of night Cooked throughout is the phrase, cooked throughout. Choose the description that best describes the classic cheeseburger setup. Boston, the answer is Boston lettuce, sliced tomato, yellow onion strings, and garlic aioli. That's another of the aiolis. And I do think there's a question on the test. I don't have any notes about it. Like just collecting them about like, what are all of the aiolis at the restaurant? And here I am telling you, I just noticed, I'm telling you again and again how fucking hard this test is gonna be and simultaneously telling you, oh yeah, I didn't take that measure of precaution. <laughs> like I didn't go that, that extra mile. List the cheeses that we offer. So Jack, Pepper Jack, American, white cheddar, yellow cheddar, feta, cream cheese, and I think I'm missing some. I don't know. I will ask the manager when I get there. Um, I'm, she's doing me kind of a favor that I don't know if I really want anymore. I told her I might be more of a visual learner. I said this about myself, 31-year-old man, as if I've just discovered the concept of learning. I've been writing down the menu and I think I might be a visual learner. I just learned it. So she's like, hey, before your test tomorrow, why don't you come in at five and you can run food off of the expo line for a couple of hours and then take the test. I really do get like down on myself with little innocuous shit like this. Like this has nothing to do with the trajectory of my life, has nothing to do with my ambitions or who I think I am. You know, the fact that I can't like memorize these this shit from a menu. And yet clearly in some way it does like violate some part of my self-conception. Like, I guess I, I imagine myself being, I guess because I'm so woefully inept in physical things, in like out and about adventurous, exciting, interesting shit that I feel like, oh, I am, I am nothing if not a person who can't read things, remember them, and make them interesting. And now here I am put in a situation where it's like, hey, here's some things to read and remember and make interesting, and I can't do it. I feel like even if I get fired, because they did intimate yesterday, like, hey, we're only going to give you so many attempts before, you know, this is over. And uh, they intimated I was going to be fired, and I think if I get fired, I'm going to be like, you know what? This was, a learn this was a learning experience. <laughs> I think I got some insight into like my complejos. Another thing that's really fucking popular and kind of complicated is the Nashville hot chicken sandwich. It is served on a bun with spicy sweet green cabbage slaw, shredded white cheddar, and garlic aioli. That is the kind of aioli it that comes with. Which cheese is the house cheese steak served with? Cheddar, cheddar. The house cheese steak is served with cheddar. I think I was saying Swiss yesterday, which was wrong. So all of the cheese steaks I see in my notes are made with cheddar cheese. And then, so that's for the cheese steaks. And then when you're describing the Korean barbecue cheese steak, it is, you have to emphasize that this one they put in quotes. It is, it is marinated for six hours. And like they say like, oh, it was marinated for six hours, but it doesn't say what it was marinated in. Something that's always, I keep thinking about, and maybe someday I'll do it, even though I don't really eat red meat. My dad, has said that like the best steak he ever had was he went to his friend's house when he was in college and his friend's dad poured an entire bottle of Chivas Regal into like a huge Ziploc bag and he marinated a bunch of steaks in Chivas Regal for 24 hours. And I know that is just a, 
a bathroom calamity waiting to happen, but I'm I'm really intrigued. I really want to do that. So select the description that best describes the bread pudding. The bread pudding, listener, friend, is vanilla bean and caramel sauces, vanilla bean ice cream, and powdered sugar. When they say vanilla bean, is the bean redundant? It does does vanilla not inherently come from a bean? What what does it look like? Is it dark? God, that would be weird if a vanilla bean was dark. Jesus. But this world, anything could happen. Hope I don't get fired. The brookie is this weird is a dessert that we have. The brookie is served with chocolate and cream creme anglaise sauce. No. That's wrong. It's not that's not a thing. That the, the, it's a true or false in this study guide. The answer is false. Oh, and then there's also in the fucking what what is it? There's a there's a pizza here. The barbecue chicken pizza has 3 6 Seven, eight ingredients listed, only six of them are real. Like, are actually in the pizza. And those are sweet and tangy barbecue sauce, um, mozzarella, red onions, barbecue chicken, smoked gouda, and cilantro. Gouda. We're having fun here. Um, the sesame crusted, ahi, is seared medium unless a guest requests otherwise. There's so many different kinds of fish, and I wonder, as someone who doesn't really eat it, I wonder, is it most, like, do they actually taste all that different, or is it really just a question of texture? Not to knock it, like, I, I'm, I don't I invoke that question as though to say that people who, you know, stridently prefer lobster over calamari are full of shit. I just, I've, everyone's got a fucking preference when it comes to textures. It's part of the reason why I can't really fuck with apple pie anymore. It's the gooey and then the of the of the apple body itself and the crustiness, the fleckiness, plus the goo, plus the it just doesn't I love all I love the taste of all those ingredients, but when you put them together, it doesn't really work. Like for instance, I love like for instance, I love my Honda, but I and I love dogs, but if you like put tires on a dog, that wouldn't work. One of the guys who was training me said that um, some someone ordered a congratulations dessert, so my, the server put congratulations on it. It's like a stencil that says congrats, and you pour um, cinnamon through the stencil, and it spells out congrats and cinnamon. And he took it to the table, and he was being chummy with them and saying, "Hey, what are you guys celebrating?" And the guy at the head of the table goes, "My vasectomy." What is the Mediterranean salmon served with? Choose all that apply. The Mediterranean salmon is the, I only checked one box. Fuck. I don't know if that's because I was doing the right thing. If it's like a, tr a trick question, why would I choose? Hmm. I hate trick questions, man. So the one I ch checked out was cauliflower rice and red quinoa, and I was so frustrated. At the end of yesterday's shift, they brought me a meal. Uh, my trainer and my trainer gets to have a meal too, and we were sitting together and going over it. But it's like. At the end of a long shift, you're also supposed to be talking about the dish that you're- it's not like you're eating to unwind. You're not breaking bread and getting to know one another. You're supposed to be eating while studying it, examining the flavor profiles, I guess. Like, I was most of the way through this chicken dish, and then I started getting grilled, no pun intended, about what was in the chicken dish. And they're like pointing at different parts of this wreckage of a meal that is now in my belly, uh, fucking masticated and turning into poop. And they're like pointing at it and they're like, and what's that ingredient? And what's that one? 
and I felt like they were like looking at a I felt like we were already basically looking at a turd and pointing at different parts like what was that that reminds me I was just listening to a conversation with the novelist James Elroy and like the sculpting experience of his life was his mother's murder and when the last place she was seen was a Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles and um, the, the the medical examiner without apparently knowing that during the autopsy determined that Elroy's mother's last meal was like refried beans, tortilla, um, rice, and I was just like, how is that shit identifiable in a corpse's stomach? It's also really impressive that James Elroy like investigated, he wrote a memoir about it called My Dark Places, and um, there's a documentary about it on YouTube. His mother was strangled, I think with her bra. And the murder is unsolved and he tried to solve it with a detective and wrote a book about the process. They had no success. But in the documentary, at least, as well as in the book, you see like Elroy examining the photos of his mother's body. Like she was dumped on the side of a road. It was a really horrible fucking thing. And the documentary shows you the photos too. And he talks about like, I really thought those photos were gonna fuck me up, but it like drew me closer into the investigation somehow. And at one point, one of these detectives who was involved in Elroy reopening the case of his mother's murder points out, you know what, yeah, you didn't find out who killed her. But frankly, I think that if you did find out who had killed her, you would have more questions than you have right now. Not only would it not bring closure, it would destroy whatever piece you had already made with the event. The other thing that hooks me is learning the four vegetables and pasta that are served in the sesame shrimp noodles. So apparently I ignored the noodle part, but I wrote the vegetables. It's baby broccoli, carrots, kimchi, and green onions. Now listen to this shit, which is crazy. Describe the spicy jambalaya as you would to a guest. Dude, first of all, I would just, like if someone said, hey, what's in the, what's in the jambalaya, I would say everything. Everything that you have, everything that we have, there's blackened shrimp, car keys, a little bit of Sprite. Okay, what it actually has is blackened shrimp, sausage, crawfish, chicken, um, poblano peppers, cream sauce, choice of linguine or brown rice or jasmine rice. I would think like all those animals in a bowl. I don't know, I just feel like some kind of botulism would come of it. Some sort of posthumous, monstrous fucking progeny. Because it's, I, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's not possible, like it can't happen, but it is so easy for me for some reason to imagine the mutant love child of a chicken and a shrimp. Doesn't that seem like a weirdly natural thing? I think it's because of the texture of a shrimp's tail and the texture of a chicken's, God, I'd say chicken's feet. They don't have feet. I don't know, what do you call them? I'm gonna get fired. Okay, true or false? The pokey salad is served with soy vinaigrette and sriracha oil. Yes, true. The tacos, okay. The carne asado tacos, what are they topped with? I'm gonna tell you. They're topped with poblano peppers, crushed avocado, onion, cilantro, and salsa verde. Salsa verde is called salsa verde. There's also a red sauce, but it's just called red sauce. And during the training, I was trying to understand why is one in Spanish and the other not. And they said, because. They just said, because. And I said, what are they? What do they taste like? And I swear to God, my trainer said they taste like red and green. And I, that could be true. Hearing that, I of course am reminded of the Louis, Louis, the Louis Black uh, comedy routine from like a decade ago, where he was talking about his love for NyQuil, which I share. And he was saying it comes in two colors, red and green, and it is the only thing on earth that tastes like red and green. And ever since he said that, yeah, I fucking equate now. I'm taking off my wrist brace. Don't, 
don't get any ideas. But yeah, now when I drink NyQuil, always, every time I've had NyQuil since I was, uh, since I heard that routine at like the age of 13, I fucking think this tastes like red. This tastes like green. I'm writing a sequel to Cuba Fruit and a lot of it is set in the 20s. And so over the past month, and change. I've read Gatsby like three times and two books about Gatsby and I don't know how many essays about Gatsby and I listened to an audiobook about Gatsby of Jake Gyllenhaal reading The Great Gatsby and one of the distinct like literary characteristics of that novel is synesthesia so uh, which is mixing sensory observations. So for instance, when jazz is being played at Gatsby's party, they say the jazz sounds yellow. And uh, Daisy Buchanan, her voice is full of money, they say. So yeah, to say that something tastes like red is a manifestation of synesthesia, which is an actual condition where people like, they, they hear a flavor. Um, it's interesting. I'm glad I don't have it. And I do think it is considered an affliction because that amount... Can you imagine living in the fucking 21st century with social media and 24-hour news and music piping out of every car and every restaurant and the TVs are on and your phone is buzzing and you're, you're, you can hear your breakfast? That kind of sensory input would be so overwhelming. Oh, I already feel like I'm drowning in sensory input and I almost never leave my apartment. Anyways, you were asking me, uh, anyways, that's a digression, I'm sorry, you were asking me the four main ingredients in beer, and uh, you were asking me to pick the descriptors that best describe what each ingredient does. So, first of all, there's hops. The hops are bitterness and a piney flavor, a piney, nature-like aroma. And then there's yeast, and yeast, D. I'm crying. Anyways, yeah, it's, it's the, the answer is D, which is react, yeast reacts with malt to make alcohol and CO2. And the way, I, the mnemonic device I came up with to remember that yeast is, uh, it interacts with things, it's sort of combustible, is there was a, there was a woman I went to college with, let's say her name was Jillian. My roommates and I had a friend named, let's say Danny, and Danny would cut people's hair in our apartment. And one day, Danny found out I was hanging, I, I'm, Jillian is in my larger circle of friends, and he goes, oh man, I just fucking hooked up with Jillian, oh, whatever, it was awesome. And so then, a couple nights later, the whole group is hanging out, and Jillian is like being really restless and shifting around in her seat, and um, we, anyway, we later found out she had a yeast infection, like she told us all, like, oh, I have this horrible yeast infection, I'm on antibiotics, and then, not long after, fucking Danny, or whatever name I gave this, this person, started talking about, like, Oh my god, yeah, I went down on, on Jillian the other day when we hooked up, and um, I forget how he presented it, but I, I remember being like, oh my god, she knew she had a yeast infection, and she let him do that. I didn't tell him. Um, I, dude, I really wonder if I, <laughs> if I should have, um, because can that do something to you? Like, I know, uh, I remember Mike, was it Mike Douglas? Who got throat cancer and then he said oh i got throat cancer from from performing oral sex on katherine zeta jones but apparently that can happen if you're performing oral sex on someone who has hpv apparently that i guess yeah i think you have to do a lot of it and that will give you uh throat cancer but also if that is true like he just fucking outed her that's kind of like when ted cruz like he's senator of texas he knew that like a deadly blizzard was coming to texas and he was given projections of how many people were going to be without power how many people were going to literally freeze to death in their homes and then it happened and he was in cancun he went on vacation to cancun when he knew 
the people of the state that he represents as a senator were free, literally freezing to death in their homes. A horrible, tedious death. And then when he was grilled about it, why'd you go to Cancun? He goes, my daughters made me. Like apart from obviously being a, a fucking monumental asshole to do that, a fucking horrible representative, a fucking horrible, horrible father, D, fucking poblano pepper or reacts with malts to make alcohol anyways the reason that the uh, yeast thing reminded me of uh jillian and the thing with danny is because that was such a like i still remember it and whether i should have said anything to him but also jillian was like really combative like really hostile and one time we were all at denny's and she cut into her pancakes and they were uncooked and so she sent the pancakes back and she told it was like 12 of us. She told the friend across from her, she told the friend to her left, and then she looked around, looked around, looked around, and then she stood up and left. And as she was walking out, someone was like, hey, where are you going? And she was like, I just had my meal ruined and nobody cares. And then she like never talked to us again. What does malt do in a beer? I, I was surprised that malt is like sweet flavors. So then there's the beer part. And this is fucking really difficult because there's like 180 beers. Under crisp and refreshing, there is Pilsner. And um, an example of a Pilsner would be our House Golden Pilsner. There is a blonde ale and I'm gonna go with La Rubia. And there is a Kolsch. And conveniently for the Kolsch type of beer, there is a beer called Kolsch, uh, Elysian Space Dust for Imperial and um, Lagunitas for IPA. And then with Malty Amber, there is the styles are Doppelbock, American Lager, or no, Amber Lager and Amber Ale. I am sure I'm gonna remember that. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not gonna remember Amber Ale and Amber Lager. What? For some reason, I know that's exactly the kind of thing that I'm fucking gonna forget. Two kinds of amber of different multi amber amber lager and I don't know why something about just the way it sounds I know I'm gonna forget it give two recommendations to someone who drinks the following so if someone so you have to so it lists a bunch of beers and then there's two writing spaces and you have to list in these two columns um, two suggestions so if someone came in and ordered a Guinness I would recommend that they leave and then it shows you got to know the prices of all the... You have to know the brands of the well. Okay, the classic liquor. rum cocktail, the Majido, is lime The Southern mint. Rush is a variant of the Gold Rush, which, with a long, long beach bourbon? Long beach bourbon? Long branch bourbon. Smoked Not smoked pork. Um, smoked... Fucking cannot read that. Um, yeah, all right, well... Good luck to me. What are the fucking, what kind of Pinot Noir can you buy by the glass at this restaurant? I'll tell you. There's a brand called Sidecar and a brand called Mayomi. And those two, I think I will remember because they both actually sound like the titles of film noir. The Pinot Noir, Sidecar, and Mayomi. I could see a poster for a movie called Sidecar and it's very moody and broody. Same thing with Mayomi. I think there's a lot of film noir movies that are named after the femme fatale lead, like Laura, and uh, maybe, there, maybe there's none others, I don't know. Someone pointed out on Twitter recently, like, while there's a million songs named after women, like Michelle, Layla, um, Jolene, there, there's like virtually none named after men. There's no great country song called Rick or, or Jeff. Maybe that's for the best. Oh my God, can you fucking imagine how obnoxious it would be? Oh, this is absolutely what women 
musicians are thinking about. Can you imagine what a nightmare it would be at Flanagan's if a song called Jeff came on and then every guy in the restaurant named Jeff, of which I am sure there are many at Flanagan's, would stand up and be like, that's me, that's me, ha ha. And if you had a, God forbid, you had a father with a name that was also a song and you would never hear the end of it. Certainly, if I found a song called, like, not Alex, because that's, I don't know, it, doesn't, it seems so nonspecific. Even when someone shouts Alex, I don't immediately turn around. I tend to think they're talking to or about someone else, or they're mis mispronouncing an instrument that they're reaching for. So if there was, but if there was a song called, like, Alexander Sarando, certainly I would obsess over it for a little while. I'm, I'm already basically that way about Piano Man. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's... Sad and it's sweet, and I know it complete. If you're looking for a light lager, I would suggest 125, which is a house a house brew. I'm also supposed to know. Okay, the house flight the flight of house beers is the Golden Pilsner, the House Golden Pilsner, the House Honey Blonde, the House Belgian White, the Cuvee, and the 125. Oh wait, and the IPA. I didn't mention the IPA. The IPA is there. Golden Pilsner, Honey Blonde, Belgian White, 125. Bro, I fucking hate how badly I'm gonna do on this test. If you're a server, don't forget to smile, display hospitality, serve with pride, go the extra yard, and know your product. I have to know those five things. I have to know, you know, I can do four of them. I'm gonna say that. I can do four of, I know these answers. I'm gonna do four of them for you. The one thing I will, it'll just take me a long time to do is know the product. Okay, you know what? I think we're done. Um, I'm losing my voice, which is a good reason to stop. Also, I think it would be wise, I have to leave here to go take that exam in fucking an hour and a half. And this is, this recording is coming up to an hour. And I think another good way of, you know, cementing, solidifying, etching this material into my head will be recording this episode, getting it up on the fucking uh, the RSS feed. Dude, if I, if, imagine I have to do, like, I don't finish editing this until tomorrow, and then I have to append a little note like, hey, I didn't get the job, sorry, bye. Thank you for studying with me. It's been a productive hour, I think. I bet, I wonder what the ratio is between how much of my voice was devoted to studying and how much of it was devoted to digressing, although maybe I'll remember those digressions and, you know, the subjects to which they pertain, the subjects from, the, the items, the dishes, the drinks from which they sprouted. Anyways, I'm obviously just fucking procrastinating right now. I gotta go do this, and then when I'm, when it's over, I have to fucking continue to pack my apartment. Will it never end? Okay, Thank you for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye.